Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Wednesday show, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach, will be with us. Thursday, Dan Lanning, University of Oregon coach. We've got them both this week. Bruce Barnum coming up today in the 5 o'clock hour. See, we're not home of the Ducks. We're not home of the Beavers. We're not home of the Vikings. We're not home of the Blazers. We're not, we're not home of George Fox University or Pacific. We're home of the truth. We get them all. We don't limit ourselves. Andrew Martin covers Pac-12 men's basketball. This is a guy who's been involved in basketball coaching and scouting for a couple of decades. He's worked and lived in the San Francisco Bay Area, the Pacific Northwest, currently based in the great state of Arizona, where he gets to see all kinds of great college basketball and also uh, gets a sunburn in the summer. I asked him to take a look at the Pac-12 men's basketball programs. Look at the uh, look at the teams. Who's who's at the top? Who got better? Who went backwards? Who's just kind of the same this season? Last night we watched Oregon get off to a nice start, a little bit of a surprising start, with a solid 82-71 win over Georgia, and uh, Oregon looked pretty good. If you want to read Andrew Martin's picks. His predictions, you can go to johnconzano.com today. He uh, published them all, and he's joining us now live via satellite from the desert. What's the weather like there? Give us the lay of the land in the, in uh, Arizona. You know, it's a, a beautiful day in Arizona. It's cooled down to, uh, oh, about low 80s today. Jeez. So, yeah, can't complain. You're wearing shorts in November. I love that. Um, hey, let's let's get when I give you this assignment. When I say, "Hey, look at the Pac-12," give me an idea of like how, what approach you took, how different this is from from other years. I know you've been out this at this a long time, but you got a transfer portal now. You know, what are you focusing on as you look at last year's rosters and you start to pivot towards this season? Yeah, it's really just that, John. It comes down to looking at rosters to start. And, um, you know, a lot of players had an extra year that still comes into play here and there. So, you know, who still has their older, more experienced players coming back? Uh, Who's, you know, what key players have left and moved on and maybe moved to different conferences or maybe moved within the conference? And, you know, what have coaches done to bring in some new talent? Let's talk about the teams at the top of the conference. And, you know, I'll give you the, the teams that you mentioned as, you know, your five contenders as you saw them. Arizona, USC, Colorado, Oregon, UCLA. You picked UCLA a little lower than others did. Let's start with the Bruins. You've got them fifth, and we'll work backwards in the top five. Uh, a lot, the media poll had them third. What did you what did you see when you looked at UCLA that made you say, ah, not a not a con- not a conference champion probably this year? Well, well, you can never count out Mick Cronin and UCLA for sure. They're certainly in the group of contenders. Um, the main thing I was looking at was just how different the team is going to be from last year to this year. Um, a lot of new faces, 
um, guys that have been brought in. There were some eligibility um, eligibility questions at one point, and some of those have resolved. Some of those have not yet resolved. So they're last I heard are still waiting on a couple um, NCAA waiver clearances. But yeah, just the different uh, the difference in the roster makeup. Now that being said, uh, some are calling it Mick Cronin's best recruiting class ever so even though they're new they're young they're different uh they're still going to be pretty tough yeah he went with a lot of european players i saw you know there was a uh, couple of turkish players there's a spanish player what is he doing there i mean is he is he literally changing philosophy or is he just seeing something that that appeals to him you know i think a couple of these players you just take the best player you can get um and so you know, br- you know, bringing in um, Mara specifically, he, I mean, he's considered to be an NBA lottery pick, uh, future lottery pick. So, um, you know, he, he just has an opportunity to get some of these guys in, um, and, and he's grabbing it. Give me an idea. You mentioned in your report that UCLA may have played a closed-door scrimmage against Santa Clara. What, what happened in that scrimmage, and, you know, how do you find out about stuff like that? <laughs> just uh, through the, the, the online uh, basketball kind of rumors and message boards, and there's a couple burner accounts that are that are pretty well-connected guys that are not tweeting from their real names, but put information. And so, yeah, definitely UCLA. They lost that game, but it's worth noting they were um, not playing without um, a couple of those key players just due to the NCAA waiver concern. So um, missing, missing some of their key guys, but that being said, some of these mid-major schools, you know, they're they're still going to be really good. WCC is is a is a rising conference, or um, you know, maybe has risen, we should say. So, so um, these non-conference schedules are going to be tough for everybody. Is that normal to play kind of a closed door, off the books, little scrimmage that you know I get a chance to see my guys? You, Nick Mick Cronin gets to see a chance to get a, get a, get a game in without getting a game in. Is that is that customary or is that a new thing? <laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of customary, but what we're seeing is a lot more of these exhibition games and scrimmages. I know Arizona State went overseas to Europe to play some exhibitions. Um, just as you're bringing it to roster to turnover, especially bringing in a lot of new faces, bringing in new transfers, it just gives them more time together um, in a competitive environment against other teams. Let's go to number four. You had Oregon fourth among the Pac-12 teams, and uh, I think you probably were looking at some injuries. Jackson, Shellstead, West Lynn kid, McDonald's All-American, Mookie Cook, uh, both of those guys out of the lineup, and yet they uh, they look pretty good against Georgia. What did you see, and, and what kind of prognosis do you have for Oregon's season? Yeah, you know, I expected them to come start a little slower. Uh, a lot of the reports I was reading out of Eugene were that, you know, they had these injuries, some guys are a little hobbled, plus, you know, some new faces, new transfers, just thinking it might take some time to kind of gel together and, and really find that rhythm. But they looked really, really good last night. I'd be really excited if I was a Ducks fan. The new the transfers are contributors already. They're the real players. Uh, Rickby looked great off the bench, really bouncy, really confident. Um, Nate Biddle was playing with you know, a high level of confidence, stepping back, shooting from outside. His length is always a problem. Uh, the Ducks looked really, really good. I mean, they've got some sensational freshmen, but you know, the transfers are going to be really good. They've got experience. I mean, the, the Ducks are a team to keep an eye on this year. And you got in Folly Dante, you got a shot. 
Colorado, you had Colorado third. The media poll had them fifth. What do you see in Colorado that makes you put them that high? Yeah, that's consistency again, bringing back um, just a, a core group of guys that have played together. They're really tough. Um, they added a added some size in the transfer portal. They have a really good five-star freshman on the team. Um, but, you know, I, I really like K.J. Simpson and Tristan D'Souza. They're a really solid one-two punch, really tough team to beat. Um, I, I like Colorado this year. We'll see We'll see if they can compete. You know, every, we always hear Arizona, UCLA kind of at the top, and I think Colorado is going to give some teams a run this year. Yeah, Colorado did not schedule particularly tough in the non-conference. Does that hurt them when it comes selection time, or do you think they're good enough to play well enough within the conference that they'll get the strength of schedule they need? Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great point. I think they're, they're going to have to rely on their conference play for strength of schedule. I think they're good enough. You know, the, the, the Pac-12 has a history of kind of cannibalizing itself, but, um, you know, I, I really like Colorado. I like, I like their toughness. I like their experience, um, and I just like the consistency that, that, they're, that they have there. At the top of the conference, you've got Arizona and USC. Um, you know, Arizona looked really good throughout the conference play, had moments where I thought, gosh, this is a Final Four team, and yet they uh, sort of face-planted in, uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, what do you see at Arizona, Tommy Lloyd's team? What do you see at USC this season? Because it looks like the strength of the conference is going to be with those two teams. Yeah, I think uh, Arizona, I have them at the top. They just reloaded when it comes to using the transfer portal, bringing in uh, really talented, really experienced guys, Caleb Love kind of leading that list. Um, but they, you know, they just, they just brought in a full, a, a full loaded, a fully loaded roster this year. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, they didn't shoot particularly well in that game against Princeton in the, in the tournament, but kind of addressed some of the, some of those issues. I think Arizona is going to be a really, really good team this year. Um, definitely have them at the top. USC, um, they're, Isaiah Collier is just a, a great freshman. They've got some you know, great size, really athletic, great defensive team, really tough defensive team. They remind me a little bit of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA, a lot of size, athleticism. Um, you, you know, they're going to block a whole, everything near the rim, great playmakers, not particularly the best shooting team in the conference. Um, at least not until someone can kind of step up and show that consistency. But, yeah, USC, uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat, just mainly due to the defense. Andrew Martin with us, uh, Pac-12 insider on men's basketball. You know, Bronny James gets a lot of attention. He obviously had the cardiac incident. Scares me to even talk about it. And, you know, the kid wants to come back and play. How important is he? What kind of role could he play for USC? He's he's a really good basketball player. You know, I don't necessarily know if he's the the one and done elite level type at the moment. Of course, he's going to be set way back with with the heart issue. But you know, he's he is a really good player. Um, they if he can get back on on the court this year, and and I know he's said he's planning on it. He's intending to, and I really hope he does. I would love to see him play. He can really help this USC team. Um, he is a good shooter. You know, they have. They have some playmakers out there. Of course, Boogie Ellis is a really good player. Uh, as a Collier, as I mentioned, he had a, a really great first college game last night. And um, you know, you you add Bronny to that mix um, and just let him 
catch and shoot a little bit. He's you know he's a great athlete, can handle it. Um, he can really really help this USC team, and I hope he does make it back. Yeah, and I think you look at that too, and in a weird way, it takes some pressure off of him. You know, it's not the way you want to do it, but it takes some pressure off him because I think the expectations now are just, hey, let's get him on the court. Let's see, let's see, uh, you know, what he can be. Um, let's move to the middle group of teams in the conference. You say these teams have a puncher's chance to to break into the top, and really, it's a group that includes a surprising team, Washington at six. This is Mike Hopkins. We've talked about him getting fired. Why do you think Washington is going to have a bounce back season? You know, there was just some buzz, and you know, you know, some of this is the best guesswork you can make based on the rumors. But there's there's some buzz based on um, just just early looks at the team and some of the transfers they brought in that Washington um, might be putting together a pretty good squad this year. So they've been disappointing for sure. Um, by Washington standards the last couple of years. But, I, you know, uh, I, I'm excited to see if, if they can actually make a little bit of a run this year um, and maybe turn things around for the Huskies. But uh, if they don't, um, it's going to be uh, could be tough sledding. Arizona State, uh, Bobby Hurley, you never count him out. Last year I thought, you know, gosh, he's going to have a terrible year. He wins 23 games. Big surprise. He has a lot of new faces. What is he doing? This is, he he hit the portal hard. He, I mean, that team had almost full turnover from top to bottom. They have a couple players back, and they have a couple pretty good players back. They added um, some good players from the transfer portal. I, this is something that's just interesting. I mean, maybe it's a, do, a new dimension when it comes to coaching, but you see, you know, Bobby Hurley, you see Dana Altman, you see even Tommy Lloyd, right? You have, you're recruiting these really – uh, great freshman players, you know, Dan Alma's got some great freshman players in, in there. Um, and then you're also bringing in these experienced players to the transfer portal, and maybe you have five, six new faces every year, and now you're kind of turning the dials, mixing and matching, trying to figure it out, trying to find the right mix, the right group of guys. And, you know, that's a real challenge for, for Hurley and Arizona State this year, especially with so many new faces and trying to find the right mix. But, um, you know, Coach Hurley is one of my favorite coaches uh, in the country. I always enjoy watching him. I think he's, um, you know, he's a brilliant basketball mind, and if anyone can figure it out, it's it's Bobby Hurley. We're talking to Andrew Martin, Pac-12 insider. Uh, Utah, you mentioned in your report that you think Utah can beat anybody on a given night. Craig Smith's a good coach. Um, Utah played really tough down the stretch, um, and you know, you what do you see at Utah? You know. Utah again. It's kind of you know. I think they're kind of they, where they're going to be unless they can get. They, you know, they're waiting on NCAA like a, a ruling on one really key player from the transfer portal. If they can get him eligible, um, that's going to dramatically improve that team. They're they're still uh, you know they play tough every night. They've got some really experienced players back. Uh, they have a great coach, so it's definitely you know it's. They might not, you know, on paper have, um, you know, the most success this year, but they're still going to be a tough game every night. You can't, definitely can't take them lightly. All right. And, uh, you know, I, I would be remiss if I let you go without talking about some of the teams at the bottom. Some are in a rebuild. Some are just trying to hang on. Let's start with the team that you saw uh, ninth overall, Stanford. Ken Palm's got Stanford at number 42. What are they seeing that the rest of the country's not seeing? Yeah, that's a great question. I was wondering that myself. Um, 
Stanford's got a couple of new freshman uh, faces in there. I'm, you know, I'm. It'll be interesting. They they need to have you know they need to have a better in there. Look at kind of that bottom group: Stanford, Oregon State, Cal, Washington State. You know, I'm not really sure. You know who's going to rise from that group, and 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 who's gonna and who's gonna kind of fall there. So, um, a lot of people are picking Oregon State to finish uh, a lot lower, maybe at the bottom. I think Oregon State might be slightly better than they were last year. I think they're uh, definitely healthier than they were last year. Um, you know, they got Jordan Pope, great, just fantastic shooter, great player. Um, you know, they got some of their guys that struggled with injuries last year are back healthy this year. I, I think Oregon State might be slightly better than uh, expected. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of in this bottom group, you know, I'm not really sure who's going to rise and, and who's going to kind of fall to the bottom. It seems maybe a little bit interchangeable, John. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm rooting like heck for Mark Madsen and the Cal Bears. I'm an East Bay guy. Um, you know, went to the same school as Mark Madsen, and so I, 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 you know, I'm his biggest fan. I want him to do well and have a lot of success. I'm not sure he's got the players yet uh, to be dramatically better, you know, this season. But I think they'll be a little bit better. I mean, it's be pretty much impossible not to. He's already got his first win on the books last night, which I was excited to see. So. Yeah, I was really, uh, really excited to see what, what Coach Madison does at Cal this year. All right. When you look at Oregon State, it it's great that they kept Jordan Pope. And what do you see with Wayne Tinkle's team? I think a lot of Beaver fans are hoping he they can take a nice step forward. I'm yeah, I'm I'm hoping they can too. We will we will see. They you know I was hoping to see maybe, um, you know, they didn't get the, the level of player in the transfer portal that some of these other programs got this year. So, you know, they, they, have, a, they have a little bit of size, um, but, you know, across the board, matching up that position, if you look at roster to roster, I think um, Oregon State didn't quite get the same level of player that some of these other teams um, have, have gotten th- through the portal, through recruiting. So, um, yeah, it could be... <laughs> I think they'll. I mentioned. I think they'll be a little bit better, uh, but just, than than last year. But you know, I don't know if they'll be taking uh, too big of a step forward, John. Andrew Martin, Pac-12 Insider. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Do you want to read the rest of Andrew's predictions and his rankings? JohnConzano.com is the place to find it. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. You bet. There he goes. Pac-12 basketball. There it is, uh, underway. I think there's a little more buzz around basketball this year than maybe some other years. I think there's five really good teams, including UCLA and Oregon and Colorado and USC and, of course, Arizona. Uh, But we'll see if uh, somebody can disrupt there. A fresh set of college football playoff rankings are out. It's Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, and Oregon. Oregon State moving up to 12. Utah at 18. Arizona. Debuting at 21. We'll talk about all of it. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.